You're listening to Brick Hives Podcast. And I'm your host, Zucker. In subject matter for today is Russia and Ukraine, then um, inflation rates. And of course, in every world, there are winners and there are losers. We want to know who they are. So, team. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the Ukraine-Russia war, actually, someone asked me recently that who is likely to win the war. And um, I couldn't answer the question. Of course, the person was looking at it from the economic consequences Standpoint. of what the war has cost. Yeah, and looking at, okay, oh, how, how will this end? And if it ends that way, what are the economic realities? And I said that the truth is that then, the people that have been saying that the world is experiencing a great reset are not lying. And this might just be part of it. In the sense that if this war is the reason for the con- current economic issues all around the world, or maybe remotely or directly, then yeah. we are in for the longest economic issues we, we ever have as civilized uh, race on this planet. Reason being that, and my reason for saying that, listen, these are just personal opinions, right? It looks like Ukraine is winning the war simply because they've been able to hold Russia down for eight months. Nobody expected that to happen, not even US. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The fact that Ukraine can hold Russia down for eight months, I mean, that is incredibly surprising that Russia has not taken Kyiv in the second month. Do you think it's because, do you think because Ukraine is doing a good job at holding them down or because Russia is not pulling their full weight? Russia is not pulling their full weight trying to end the war or to finish them once and for all? Mm, I think Russia is even more desperate to win the war. It is, um, it's, uh, for Russia, if you, if you look at the body language of Putin, this war is a, is a win or die kind of situation for Russia. If Russia loses this war, Putin as an individual will lose, will lose, lose some sense of credibility. Yeah. In this, yeah, so there is no way they are not putting their best. I think what is happening here is that it is, it, see, see, the truth is that there is no country on this planet right now, apart from US, China, and Israel, that has experienced war in the last 40 years, full-scale war. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. The last 40 years. None of them, not even Russia itself. After the Second World War, there hasn't been any major action. No major action. So we can say that nobody has actually tested <laughs> Exactly. Nobody has actually tested. Only US has seen war. But the wars we have even experienced with US and other countries are guerrilla warfare. No, no real state versus state warfare we have experienced in the recent past yeah. after the Second World War. Now that what, what does that mean? It means that. The true might of Russia had not been tested until now. And with what, with what we have seen now, Russia has deep logistical issues. Supply and logistics. And trust me, uh, and their soldiers are not as, as seriously well-trained as one would expect. Of course, this is also true for Ukraine forces. So Ukraine as, soldiers as, are not as, as trained as, as we them to be. Hmm? As what? The American movies have painted them to to be exactly. You get the point. Yeah. The point. So, but now the the funny thing is that Ukraine soldiers are also not as trained. In fact, the Ukraine soldiers have not even, even really fought any serious war. 
So they are as inexperienced as even the Russian forces. But what makes the difference is that US is providing them logistics, money, ammunition, fighter jets, and instructors and trainers. So that puts the balance on their side a little bit. But you know, if you're on a defensive, you will suffer casualties, regardless if you win or not. Yeah. So those are, the, those are the issues. But Russia has the numbers. But what is making them not gain so much advantage is logistical nightmare that they, they are logistical mess, so to speak. And there is okay. no serious world power behind them, like actively, actively involved. I mean, we don't we don't really expect any country to pick to to take a firm position at the side of Russia, except of course the person is an enemy of of the of the U.S. And we see that the only country that has probably um, stuck out his neck for Russia is um china i mean china and russia have become have yeah have become more yeah have become more strong as allies in recent times Mm -hmm. even during the war and uh, we already know that china has always been eyeing america's position as global power i mean they've attempts to push push away the dollar from or to make an alternate um global Currency currency. trade mm. the global market exactly, mm. and that's why China has been pushing to come into Africa so that even if they can't get the, the whole world to use or to add their currency to their reserves, they can get many major countries in Africa to do yeah. so. Especially considering the fact that Africa is the future of of the world as we know it. Of trade, mm. but the thing is, if we think about it logically, doesn't Russia have a right? even have started this war in the first place because the purpose of NATO, the purpose of institutionalizing or inventing the whole organization of NATO was as the purpose of, or was to defend the so-called NATO countries, um, I think the 30, I think it started with 12 and then the eventually 30 countries against a possible attack from um, the Soviet Union which of course Soviet Moscow Union. was was um, capital of that's been Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if after that threat was um, dissolved and mm-hmm. NATO has refused to be disbanded and are still even increasing their territory, because the purpose of NATO is actually a it's a military military alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So personally, I think Putin would have been considered weak if he saw. Um, NATO continue to expand into, in fact, even gain ground as much as Ukraine and do nothing about it. Especially considering that Ukraine was even part of the Soviet Union at the point. Mm. So, if Russia is... Okay, first, what's your opinion? Do you think Russia... Do you think Putin is doing the right thing? Or do you think America would have done the same? Because I personally think America would have done the same thing. If they were in Russia's position, so it is. It's a very difficult. It's a very difficult something you get, and the reality is that uh, there is no right or wrong way to look at it. Looking at historical fig- events, now historically, eh, Ukraine was never part of Russia. Historically, do you get what I'm saying? It, it became part of 
it became part of USSR um, because of invasion and you know blah 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 yeah. history. Yeah. There are a lot of yeah. issues, that, but they are different people. Yeah, they are different people. They are different people that because of dictatorship and for political reasons, there was deliberate uh, subjugation of the people of Ukraine. You know, uh, I don't know if you, if you, this, this, you know, if you write the book Babylonia, well, they, they might have not been part of Russia, but they were in the Soviet Union. You know, the Soviet Union was not exactly a state, it was a propaganda kind of uh, yeah. super yeah. state, so to speak. Yeah. So the Soviet Union itself was even an exp a geographical expression. They were not just one, yeah, you, you that, get the that, idea. Yeah. That's even why it felt like a pack of cards in 1991. I mean, it was even that year. You get the I, idea? I, uh, was it 1991 or 1918? I can't even remember. No, it wasn't. It was, it's quite recent, though. When Georgia, yeah. Ukraine, and others left. It's quite, it's not, I'm not sure it's and more than, it should be like 30 something years. But that's very you what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite recent. When, so now, um, so looking at it there, I don't think US would have invaded Ukraine the way Russia did it. Oh but no 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 no! no doubt. I mean, US has a different method. Of course, they will be more, the idea. They'll be more hypocritical, and they'll look for About probably they'll look for an excuse to invade. Yeah, yeah no, it would have, have been economic. Economy. It would have been economical, actually. Are you today, sure? Today, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. It would have been much more economical. It would have been an economical move. The first, I, I first thing is to get the country into debt. I'm telling you 100%. With, with, the, way, with the way um, the likes of Obama did, I'm not so even talking about... At, yeah, if you, look at, if, you look at, if you look at the invasions America has done, mm, they are solely yeah. based on... Uh, religious propaganda but of course that's a lie it was mainly of because course. of other interests yeah. like business interests and stuff like that yeah. if there was any military military threat against maybe america or nato or something I, I strongly feel that the first attempt to be economic subjugation economic something that would be the first leg us we always apply last resorts even look at libya there were so many economic back and forth, but you know, Libya is a dictatorship. That's why it went down the way it went down. Yeah. But the truth is, long and short of it, the US may have done the same thing, but I believe the approach and the outcome may have been slightly different. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, uh, but then when it comes to did Putin do the right thing, it will always be a no, as long as lives are involved and casualties are involved. It's always been no, he didn't do the right thing. I mean, looking at it from that perspective, she did. But politically, we are not we are not talking about right and wrong in terms of morals. We are not talking about right and wrong in terms of morals because the rest of the world does worse to whenever it benefits them, the European countries and the likes of America. So right now, it's not really a matter of right and wrong. It's a matter of would they have done it for their territory. Or for their profiting, looking at what it logically, yeah, looking at it logically from my own perspective, I think this was a bad move by 
by Putin, even for his own country and his people. So what could he have done? This is this is my reason, right? When you want real economic domination and political domination, what do you do? You form organizations, right? Look at China. China was like Nigeria not so long ago. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And what did they do? They opened up their economy, right? Became partially capitalistic. They are still socialist. They say they they are communist. But they have yeah. this dual. They have this dual economic system. The mainland China is highly communist, right? But on the mm-hmm. outside, to the outside world, they are capitalist. I think they accept investment, but the country still, the state still controls everything. Now, what was the next thing? They said they started giving out loans, economic moves. If you remember the, the Road and Belt Initiative, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. They are building an empire. And now, what did they do? They have influence in most countries of Asia and Africa. That is what Russia wanted. I don't know if you get where I'm coming from. Now, what is the consequence of this war? Now, Russia is going to be isolated. Of course, Europe is suffering the 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 the, 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 the consequences of that, of that isolation. Because I feel like yeah, but okay. Okay, go on, go on. Yeah. So, but in the end, long term, long term, this is not going to work for Russia. Long term. Now, the way I see it is that Russia will not take Ukraine so easily. That is even if it takes it at all, eventually, right? It will be a long protracted war that Russia cannot handle. Because trust me, you, uh, China is never going to get in bed with Russia when it comes to military actions. It won't happen. And that will be the only way Russia will actually get some good out of this war. So this war is going to cost Russia so much money and so much resources that they won't recover from it. And now that's number one. Number two, Everybody, is losing everybody a lot of money at this time losing a of money. Of course, I'm talking about on the war efforts. Okay. You get what I'm trying to say? On the long term, I'm even looking at long term now. Russia is making money now uh, because its economy is strengthened because now it is making people pay in rupees and so on and so forth. Yeah. The the currency is stronger, but on the long term, Russia does not, Russia does not have the stat, military stamina that U.S. has to maintain wars in different fronts at the same time. Think of Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Syria. They don't have that stamina that U.S. has. I don't know if you get where I'm coming from. They don't have that stamina. And this is what this will look like. This is what it's going to look like. On the long term. On the long term. So I don't think Russia will... Because the goal of Russia is to... I mean, Putin. Let me say Putin now. The goal of Putin is to bring back the old Soviet Union. He has said it so many times. That is why the invasion of Ukraine did not surprise me as a person. I'm not surprised. I saw it coming. I was just praying that it may not happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But that was wishful, that's what, that, that was wishful thinking. But you get the idea. But that will yeah. not happen. The best way I think it could happen was what BRICS is doing. You know BRICS, Brazil, and all this country, forming their own economic block. Um, like what... Um, like what the G7 looks like now. South Africa yeah. is part of them. Right, that, that's what I would expect Russia to do. And yes, they attempted it. They, this, this particular economic block in that Eurasia region by Russia and other old Soviet Union states. But guess what happened? Russia could not assert influence because of its autocratic uh, approach and all those things. So those things are... Okay. So because the way I expect Russia to go about this was economic 
and geo, 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 geographical political moves. But Russia has, never, Russia has never been in the position, or Putin has never been a politician in that sense. Uh, America does better with them um, politicking and um, politicizing their their wars or their their um, interest in gaining global power. But yeah. in today's there are three possible ways that this can go, and there are three possible. Um, Okay, so I, I, I believe that America purposely pushed and nudged um, Ukraine to, to go into this war. Because at the end of the war, and well, they didn't go into the war, but it could have been averted. First, firstly, um, America is experiencing their own record high inflation. But because mm. of the rate of inflation in the UK and Europe, it's making the American inflation looks like um, look like child's play. So, in actual sense, the burden of increased oil prices is not, of course, America has their own um, supply. So, the people actually bearing the burden of this um, this global shortage is. The rest of Europe and UK. Another winner I see in this is China. China, like you said, will not get in bed with Russia, but they can indirectly play a part to sustain this war. They might not do it um, just like how they, to- um, they, de- um, they tolerate North. Uh, what do you call it now? North Korea with their m- missiles and everything. He. They they really don't need to um, play a role actively because they want to seem open to business. They don't want to lose their their economy is largely dependent on transacting with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But they are eyeing America's position. So yeah. what they want to do is create enough uh, or encourage enough havoc so that they can strengthen their position. As an alternative to America. Mm. The other winner I see here, but which is really, really unlikely to take a miracle for that to happen, is Africa. Africa seems to be the only people that can be immune from a full blown war. Well, not completely immune, but. Uh, but I stands a better but, chance. Stands a better chance because if we can create mm. our own isolated block for economic mm. activity, yes. that way we will not. Because I mean, we are the least, we are the least of their troubles if we will start. True. And this is where I see that most Nigerians, most Nigerians don't, are not expecting a war. Mm. Most people don't think it will get to that point, but. We are literally working on thin ice here. I'm and telling you. We are literally working on thin ice. Most people think this war, this war just started this year, but it's been looming. And the moment, it starts, start. mm. the moment it starts, the moment it starts, coming back to Nigeria, I don't will be that easy. <laughs> that is true. So, this war, this well, war, this was, this was looming in 2005. Exactly. Exactly. Remember. 
I'm not sure of the year, but during the revolution period. So it will take this. Hmm. So if you take a miracle for for Africa to take her position, we might not become global power immediately, but we will play in the it will give us major some, yeah, it, it, will, it will help us it will give a booster to Africa if it happens. And I hope I don't sound like I'm praying for a war. Another winner. Another winner in this scene that people don't realize is India. Ah, people don't. People don't. People underrate India a lot. People underrate and India, and, and India has been, India has been pushing in the last decade. They have gained strides. They have gained Seriously. more. Even their middle class have in, has increased. They are billionaires. They are businesses. They are impacting tech. Their contribution globally. Their contribution globally has really improved, and it's really surprising. Because they are still going on notice. Mm. Yes, yes. And their military is getting better. Do you get? Yeah. So now, and if you look at what is currently happening now, eh? India is not taking a position in support of US, in support of, in support of Russia, or even in support of, in support of China. They're not taking any position. They are profiting from doing business with everybody. Everybody. And it is strategically interesting. I believe political science students should study these people. You know and what I'm asking? Yeah, India has always been like that. India is a version of China. China has become True. the industrial hub, outsourcing everybody outsources their production to China. But but yeah. for India, most people are, are outsourcing their tech um yes. tech human resource to India. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And you know, and India mm-hmm. started even producing um, products that are competing on a global scale. You know, Zoho just went, um, just gained unicorn unicorn status, and they started wow. even advertising in America as an Indian wow. company. They started mm-hmm. doing massive marketing in America. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors in the tech space in the US was the one that was telling me this. Like, they are spending massive money on on um, on and you know b2b and, marketing is quite pricey if you are mm-hmm, going to go into yeah. that field so for mm-hmm. an indian company to to count it um to be bossy enough to want to compete mm-hmm. with the likes of to compete in, in the silicon valley area is not mm-hmm. it's not being that's incredible so yeah because if you, if you look at it now eh, companies like apple they are beginning to move some of their manufacturing to India already. Yes. Because labor yeah. in China is is, is 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 getting higher and higher by the day. Labor yes, prices are increasing. That's not the, the richer people but, become, the richer people yeah. become, the higher um, labor becomes within that territory. Exactly. exactly. And then economic issues, trade issues. China has become beginning to have issues with so many other parts of the world. And there are trade embargoes here and they're affecting those companies that manufacture there and good. So exactly. So now India becomes the favorite system. And then there are too many Indian resources everywhere in the world in tech. Too many. There is hardly any tech Fortune 500 company in the US that doesn't have a tech CEO or a tech VP. It is extremely rare. Oh my goodness. I checked, I checked that when was it? 
probably mid this year, and I realized there are so many tech companies in the US that mm-hmm. have Indian CEOs from the so likes of and there's so many you can't even count so many mm-hmm. both um, the ones that are known and, and unknown mm-hmm. and aside yes. CEOs the whole major positions too like major, major positions. positions across yes. the board technical and, and business positions yes yes and India is one of those countries that defies US in a lot of ways they, 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 they defy U.S. in a lot of ways politically, and yes, they are still very important to U.S. So going forward, then this this war between Russia and Ukraine, one of the losers yeah. on the long term will be Russia, and one of the winners will be India. By circumstance, maybe China might 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 gain might gain might gain something from this war, or I don't know. It's clear because China is sitting back and learning from the 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 mistakes and successes of China or I said of uh, Russia over America. or Ukraine. Yeah, of America, oh. yeah. Yeah, because now they are in Taiwan. See, the first step to dethroning America from its position is seizing Taiwan. That is the first and in fact the most important step is taking Taiwan. You know, TSMC, I, feel, I feel like if Russia should win on the frontier of, of, of taking Ukraine. China would not hesitate to do that. They won't hesitate. They are waiting for that. But the twist here is that US intentionally and understandably did not want to put boots on the ground in Ukraine. Because once once they do, it becomes a full-blown world war. Exactly. But I I don't think US will hesitate in putting boots on the ground in Taiwan. I don't think they will. They wouldn't even think about it. US will put I can bet it. The U.S. will put boots on the ground in Taiwan without thinking twice. Not because China is a better opponent. If China is a harder opponent than Russia, but of course China is. A, but I think China has actually played a very. I, I believe that they are, they are being very smart about the entire. They are they are choosing to wait, and let um let things happen, so they mm. step in at the right time. But, yeah. I, but I think, but, um, but I think they will fail, though. I think I think China might fail even more than Russia might fail. You know, for the past how long now? I can't remember how many years. I I did the research one time, maybe around that mm-hmm. at the heat of that pandemic, and then I realized mm-hmm. that China holds one of the world's largest reserve for gold. And yes, they've been storing up oil for a long time. Like they have reserves to last them almost a decade. And I think about it in this light that they are probably plan they've probably been planning for this. They've been waiting. If a full global yeah. war mm. begins, currency will fail. Like yeah. paper mm. notes will fail. What will become mm. most valuable be, um, we might have to return the, to the gold standard to actually do international transactions. Gold mm. will be the one thing that other countries cannot reject. So they are preparing for a time where they would have the upper hand in terms of economic might. 
I don't necessarily see them um failing. Their hmm. their their aim is just hmm. to displace America from that position, and not necessarily. Uh, I'm not sure how to put it now. Maybe yeah, being global excites them, but I think they just hate the fact that America is the one playing that position. Mm, so no, this, this is where I see it. Eh? I noticed that China has been stockpiling a lot of resources, but they've not even scratched the surface of, of what they will need for a total blockade for more than six months to, to a year. This is what I mean. They are, for, they, they, they are for, I'm not sure they have stockpiled even up to enough of what they will need to continue a military campaign for one year after being blockaded. Blockaded 100%. From the rest of the world. Their, their economy is largely dependent on trading with other countries. But you will notice that their economy is not even as good as it looks. Mainland China is worse than you think. Economically. You see, you, you will realize that Hong Kong is so important to China, not for historical reasons, but for economical reasons, economic reasons. No Hong Kong is a dollar-based economy. Mainland China is yuan-based economy. There's a kind of, from articles, but, ah, I've forgotten this person. I will, I will let you know, I will, I will send the link to you. There's a kind of state-level one that you're doing that, that space. So imagine the total profit is a world that has drawn in UK, Canada, Israel, that will drag in US against China, Canada, UK, Australia, Germany, uh, Japan, South Korea, Israel, and so on and so forth, against what's against China. And there's something around that Russia will come to defend Okay, so that kind of that kind of conflict, when China gets into war against all these allies. I don't think they will survive it in one year of total blockade. In the sense that the war will cost them times 10 of the resources they will need to survive as a nation without war. Because what they've stockpiled now will last them decades without a war. With the war, we are looking at months and years, few, few months, maybe a little above a year. So the issue here is that there's a bigger price. Um, but they are willing to take the gamble because they are counting on U.S. making strategic mistakes, and also they are counting on breaking the ranks of the Allied forces. I mean, Allied forces. I mean, UK. And you know, now that Europe, now, now that European Union is weakening economically, there is a chance that the Allied Allied Allies are weakening militarily. I don't know if you get where I'm coming from. So it's a very yes. serious gamble right now. Eh, America has more fleets. America has more fleets in that region. Around Taiwan, that they have around, or that they have ever provided for Ukraine against Russia. Do you get what I'm trying to say? They are do you, literally do you American think America, warships. Do you, think America, do you think America saw this um, coming? The oh, 100%. Um, Ukraine war. Eh? Well, the impact of the Ukraine war on on Europe and and the UK. I honestly yes, don't think, I think so. Oh, I think so. I think so. I confess, I wonder why they all seem so gullible to think that America ah, no. is doing some good, good cop in all of this. I think exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, hmm. I sorry, sorry, this I'm coming in, but I do not no, understand I why, 
why America is being painted in some severe light. They are only after their interests, honestly. Everybody is, and, yeah. Everybody is after their interests. Yeah. That's why well, I think they well, saw it coming. Because this now right. pays America off eventually. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I chip in real quick? So I was yeah, watching yeah, um a podcast, I think, yeah, like two, two or three days ago. And, you know, someone was talking about the history of the Russia-Ukraine war. And talked about, you know, how Western propaganda will give you the idea that, oh, you know, like it gave it gave it gave a it gave a full on description of how you know the propaganda. I think we've lost Shagun. Maybe network. Ah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, network. Yeah, I get what you're saying about propaganda, and it's right though. It's very very right. The mm-hmm. I believe America saw it coming. See, during 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 Trump's administration. In a in a G7 summit, he mentioned it, that Europe is too reliant on Russia. That if Russia turns its back on them, they will suffer. And this has exactly played out like that. Exactly. He warned them not to rely on Russia for oil 100%. percent they were going you know to what I did it. What what I ask myself sometimes is whether or not the Ukraine president is also aware of this. Because he seems to continuously go blindly. I don't, I don't know if he's blindly now, I would say. No, but, I, I, I don't think he could have done better. I mean, who's, who, who is that president that will that his country will be invaded and sleep and let them run over him? We don't I mean, know that. I think it's just... Uh, like yeah. I was saying previously, okay. it could have been yeah. averted. He couldn't... I don't think there's so. No way he didn't see, there's no way he didn't see this coming. There is no way you would have accepted to join NATO and Putin would have done nothing. So I think it's a question of, I think, I, I don't think we can blame the Ukraine president for this. It's a question of either you die, so either you sleep, you die. If you stay awake, you die. What would you rather doing? What exactly, what die? exactly is the real benefit of joining NATO for Ukraine? So personally, especially uh, knowing why the establishment was even created in the first place, what exactly is the benefit? I've struggled to know exactly what he, what they were trying to gain, the military protection or what exactly the alliance. What what is he protecting himself against? Russia, his neighbor. See the way I look at it, this thing is deeper than that. The way I look at it, see even if he doesn't join NATO. Russia would have still invaded. Russia not in time. Been, probably in this time. See, Russia has been Russia has been doing this since two year two thousand, have you? When they imposed Poroshenko on them on Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, I I won't I won't think I won't think the only reason why Russia would have invaded is because they've refused to disband NATO. No, I think NATO is just an excuse. And he had been asking for for you know, they even I think even mm-hmm. made an attempt to join, and then they, they, I just I just believe that if he didn't, if NATO had not continuously improved or increased their um, membership and increased their territory, Russia wouldn't have felt threatened to retaliate or do something to just prevent a further. Um, expansion. Exactly. 
So now this this is this is my position on this issue. And see, I think it's even deeper than that. See, NATO or no NATO, Russia would have invaded Ukraine today or tomorrow. Now look I, at I, go I, back I disagree. Where, I actually no, disagree, I, I, but go me, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so the the first point of action, the first public pronouncement of Putin in his first days and years of uh, presidency in Russia was reuniting the old Soviet Union. Ukraine had never dreamt of joining NATO at that point in time. And he mentioned names. Why is Belarus a bear can call at Russia? Do you get my point? So yeah. Russia, Russia would have invaded Ukraine tomorrow or today, regardless of NATO. NATO is just the immediate excuse. They have been doing that even before the Orange Revolution. The Orange Revolution was because of this singular reason. And the Ukraine president is not is not the reason for this. He's just a symbol of the majority of the ordinary people of Ukraine. That is the fact. Remember the Orange Revolution. You are sounding like all these cartoons on CNN. You are painting a, a hero picture no, of the guy. No, 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 no. Far from it. I don't even like the guy. In the first place, following the election, I, to me, I felt, yeah, I felt, no, personally, I like to be as, uh, well, no, maybe, maybe, maybe as objective as possible. But I never liked the guy's presidency. But then the facts are the facts. Do you get? In my opinion, I felt it was a joke. What is he doing in politics? What is he doing there? Do you think this is a romantic movie? If, but then when you go back if, to the facts, that's the thing about me, right? I, I don't like the guy. And at the time he became president, right? Because of all the nonsense, emotional, whatever, whatever. But looking at the facts, this guy is not the this guy is not the author of Ukraine's hunger to join NATO. He's not. He's not. He came into the picture at the middle. Do you get my point? Putin's mission from the one, his presidency, was to reunite the old Soviet Union. If you look at it from that lens, you will know that Ukraine is not even the only puzzle in the game. Ukraine is just the first leg of the game. He's just the first leg. Georgia okay. is around the corner. He's coming back to Georgia. Georgia, Georgia was in this situation Few years ago now, less than twenty something years ago. Georgia I guess, was yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember so, the attack on Georgia. Exactly. If you look at it from that lens, you will know that this is not about Ukraine. Ukraine is just one of the mo- most important old Soviet states, but it is not the only one. It is just the next I, first step. So I that is where I see it. So, but this is not about US, even US. I I believe I I'm I have a strong opinion that the activities of NATO. Yeah, played a great mm. role in triggering all of this. Because, I mean, if we go back to, like, the collapse of the um, Soviet Union, yeah, that was, mm. the agreement was was verbal and in writing that NATO will not expand one kilometer to the east, yeah? And the countries, the certain countries, yeah, certain countries, mm would have access to join NATO, but Ukraine has always been a no-no. So now let's look at it from this angle here, yeah? why I feel like NATO actually played... In fact, NATO is the reason why Ukraine got invaded. You gave an example of Belarus. Belarus was is not being invaded right now because they have a pro-Russian government. He doesn't need to invade them. They are on his side. They are still an independent country on paper, but as long as that's the same situation paper, yeah. in Ukraine, Putin would mm. never have invaded. And that was the situation before 
you know, America decided to leave their their location on another continent to come and interfere in the elections that brought this guy, who you don't describe is more of a puppet piece, right? <laughs> like, if you think about it, yeah, it's more of, it's, that kind of person is kind of, is more of what the American government will store. You know, somebody who is pro um, pro left ideology. Pro let me put it like that pro-Western ideology, mm. right? And mm. that alone, the fact that somebody like that here yeah, is sitting at the helm of affairs of a country like Ukraine, yeah, first of all, is an mm. indicator of weakness for somebody like Putin, somebody who grew up, yeah. uh, who, who rose to power, yeah, in violent Russia, in Russia where political adversaries get poisoned on the day, then you now put some ex-comedians Right, who is taking who is taking instructions from people from the west, right? As the president, you know, and Ukraine was banking on the fact that okay, 2022 is you know the new age. Nobody's fighting war anymore. Like I feel like a lot of the parameters in this war here, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's, it's due is largely due to you know the great amount of. Uh, well, I say development has been in the past, let's say, 50, 50 to 100 years. I feel like that is a world where the current generation of human beings do not understand that war is a primary, is a primary trait of human beings. We've been killing each other for so long, and it's probably not going to end now because there are so many conflicting interests. I feel like that's one of the problems Ukraine has because imagine them just saying Putin is not going to invade, like just for no reason. He's not going to indeed. Like, and that was the narrative. Jokers. Exactly what I was saying. If because I, how I would you, how, why would I you think? Why would you think? It's like people have forgotten what it feels like to be at war. That the thing that people will continuously say, I'm going to invade, I'm going to invade, I'm not doing I'm it. Not <laughs> no, I think I think everybody knew that Putin will invade with or without NATO's involvement. Without even without Ukraine saying I want to join it up, Putin would have invaded. I think everybody knew that. If the they didn't overthrow the previous government, you, let me give an instance here. Yeah? You know, Russia is mm. in Russia, they have elections, like they have routine elections, but Putin always wins, like he keeps winning. Mm. So, on paper, yeah. there are elections here. Yeah? If they can run mm. that same type of business or that same type of government in Ukraine, you will not hear him. But that, this, this is the but, but this is the question. This is the question. Hmm? I feel that I feel that we um I think that there's a lot of bad blood against US and US's influence in Ukraine makes it look like Russia is doing the strategic right thing for Russia. I mean Putin is doing the strategic right thing for Russia. See, the no, way I look at what? it, eh? I'm looking at it strategically on Russia's part. I mentioned earlier, eh? That this is a bad thing for Russia on the long term, economically and politically. This is a bad thing for Russia for the long term. Long term, they will not get Ukraine eventually. The way I see it, in the first, in the first two days. Yes. yes. See, in the first two days of this war, what will Ukraine? What I said, what would be Europe's uh, means of um, from divesting themselves from? The or their dependency on the oil from Russia. What's the alternative? Right now, it, it is it is going to take time. Let's move on. Germany doesn't have an alternative. Yeah, right 
They are currently they are currently yes, forming partnerships. Talking about, talking about the rest of you because Germany um, Germany is stuck. Mm. They are currently forming partnerships. Yeah. yeah, they are currently see Europe is currently forming partnerships with Nigeria. Currently, eh? there there are partnerships within Namibia, Zambia, and I think one of these European countries that will service that angle. It's going to take time. Are we going to run to pipes? Are we going to run pipes yes. directly from literally? Literally, it is happening as I speak to you. Literally, do you get what I'm saying? It's currently happening as I speak to you. It is going to take time. Europe is so far, but it will take time. You know, I was saying that time. You know, I was saying that Africa stands a very um, yes, no, stands a very good chance, good chance of taking advantage of this if it blows out of proportion. Yes, but it's going to happen. It will be really Mm -hmm. unfortunate if we sign all of these. Agreements on right. silly things. I don't, I don't know where we are taking sides. I do not know where we are taking sides at this point. Like it's not a part of our business right now. This is always no, no, like, no, no. I think no. I think it is economical. I think it is wise yes, for any African yes. country to sign a deal with Europe. Is it is purely money? Is is that? I don't think. I don't even think it's political. Okay. Get, yeah. In fact, purely, if you look at it, then, money. yeah, it's purely well, economics, and I think it is. Can good I point for out one thing? I feel mm. like I feel like we don't like I feel like what I referenced earlier about you know war, right? I feel like we're also mm. not considering how world wars start. World wars start when enough countries are aligned on both sides and there are two sides. And that's literally what's happening. We have the you know, the eastern the um the eastern government, you know, Russia, China taking sides and everybody who believes in the ideology <laughs> taking sides with them. Mm. And then but, you have mm. Buying the Western ideology, taking sides with US and Europe. I feel like that part is not lost on, even if we are not putting, we are not giving military support or anything. I feel like that part mm-hmm. isn't lost on the adversary that these countries are providing supplies or mitigating the effect of, you know, Russia's withdrawal of their energy. So I feel like it's so, too early yeah. in this game to kind of like take sides. That's my personal opinion. Of course, you're right. Economically, mm-hmm. any African country now that, you know, that um, Europe decides to, you know, buy, of course, like you said, it can't happen overnight because we are talking of actual mm-hmm. yeah, to take that. Right? But you see, yeah. but, mm-hmm. I was telling Jeff just now eh, that I, did, I don't yeah. think this war, this Russia and Ukraine war will become a world war. Two two reasons, okay. right? Now the, yeah. there's only one way to become a world war. If Putin, I mean, perceives that he will lose, he will not mind using a nuclear. He, he won't mind activating nuclear weapons. That is when it will become a world war. Without nuclear weapons, it will likely not become a world war in the immediate. I believe the world war will happen without nuclear engagement if China invades Taiwan. Now this 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 is why I said so. China will win. China, China is going to ad- address Taiwan, and trust me, America, um, all these allied people, West, the West will respond immediately. Different from how they responded to Ukraine. Nobody has put boots on the ground in Ukraine, and it is because Ukraine is not as important as Taiwan. Yeah, you get the idea. So it is unlikely that World War will happen if. If Putin does not activate nuclear uh, tactics and whatever, what will not happen? The world war will happen. In my opinion, if, if China invades Taiwan, I think like, so. In the first okay. minutes, 
Okay. Can I and the reason is TSMC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Please, I, I want you to, I want you to tell me why. Like why is Taiwan yeah. like refresh my memory here? Why is Taiwan so important to the US that they are willing to mm -hmm. risk the world war? Yeah, and it is TSMC. Yeah, the semiconductor, this semiconductor company in Taiwan. That yeah. company is responsible responsible for producing the semiconductors using ninety percent of the electronic devices on this planet. Literally, and, no. And that is what no, everybody after. No exaggeration. Exactly. So anybody in control of Taiwan controls that TSMC. That TSMC is a state organization owned by the Taiwanese government. Do you get what I'm saying? And the yeah. research there was mostly funded by the U.S. government, of course, indirectly yeah. and progress and so on and so on and so forth. That is why U.S. currently has warships patrolling the streets of Taiwan. That is why U.S. is ambiguous about the protection of Taiwan. The same U.S. is saying that we believe in one China policy. The same U.S. is saying that we will defend Taiwan if it comes to it. There's a reason for that. They don't want to yeah, provoke China, but they're telling they're, Taiwan they're, they're do they're anything. Interest, they're interested. Exactly. Yeah, they're right. Ukraine does not have that much importance to U.S. The only reason U.S. is sympathetic or the West is sympathetic to, to, to Ukraine is that, of course, Ukraine is, is economically capitalist. Yeah, Ukraine, economic reasons, economic ideologies, because Ukraine is more Western. They have they have capital, whatever. They are in a capitalist economy. And then, of course, there's an opportunity to promote democracy. So, and so on and so forth. That's the only reason. But you say Taiwan. Taiwan is emotionally and politically and especially economical. So whoever controls Taiwan controls technology, literally. No, no you, see, you, see, you see this point that you, you get the idea? I kept quiet mm -hmm. the moment you said it. Because mm -hmm. it's still, I, I was going to chip in something like this when uh, Jeffrey was talking about, you know, China stocking up gold about how, yeah, like you mentioned, paper currency would definitely collapse if there's a world war. And yeah. gold, that's ever mm. reasons why gold is, gold is forever because it's one of the, you know, solid examples of sound money. So it's most likely mm. what people revert to if technology fails. Because of course, I feel like before uh, people will rely solely on paper money, I feel like the whole, one of the reasons why most of these countries are switching to digital currency or developing a digital currency is because I keep I keep saying this thing here that finally if you take a minute to look at a lot of science fiction that we watch, you know, ten fifteen years from now, yeah. Let's look beyond all the flashy um all the flashy effects and all. But most of them they carried stories that were explaining what a future economy will be like. And that future economy is not going to rely on was going to be heavily reliant on technology. And that's why this part that you pointed out, that the largest mm. uh semiconductor factory of which semiconductors are crucial to everything from electric cars to all in fact mm. the whole grain initiative, everything they are saying they want to do they are largely mm. relying on, you know, power that is going to be generated from renewable sources that is going to be stored. In, you know, batteries and power plants that are that these semiconductors are necessary in. So I feel like I feel like a lot of one. I feel like a lot of the countries in the world right now are not pivoting to a new like to a new future. I feel like it is not apparent yet. But I feel like the moment COVID hit in 2020, I know we had we had in that space of time 
we are jumped, we are literally jumped from what we think is, you know, the normal. We literally jumped into the future because so many things had to be accelerated at that point. So many things yeah, so changed fast. about the human race, about that at that point. So many things mm-hmm. aligned us with the concepts, those, um, will I say, those dystopian concepts that we see in those fictional movies. Because, that like, that, that, was just, mm. that looks perfect, yeah? Because mm. I was, let's say, I mm. think I was on ID a while ago, and, you know, I was, there was this recording, was like, oh, don't live in the pod, don't eat bugs, blah, 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 blah. And the person was giving a description of how, oh, like, futuristically, uh, mm. a large percentage of the human race, they are going to own nothing, they are going to want, they are literally going, it's going to be an entirely consumerist, you know, Consumerism, consumerism is going to take over everything, and people are not even going to want to own assets. People are just going to, you know, um, use the services, pay for the services, live in um, enclosed pods, you know, eat some new age, um, new age form of food. I think I'm deviating too much here, but I think Jeffrey, I think we need to go back. We probably need to have a session on what's this, what's this, why. Why is there an agenda to change what we eat? Like, I'm sorry. You know, nothing. <laughs> yeah. As yeah, you were talking, yeah. like, if you watch um, Shark Tank a lot, yeah, you, yeah, you notice how many businesses have pitched um, genetically engineered um, food, plant based food, plant based food, um, meat from seaweeds. I mean, there are just so many adoptions of protein sources that have nothing to do with animals. And they push this agenda that they are trying to save the planet or save the the animals. And they have different bodies, organizations conversing for animals that they don't even know if they have souls. What I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, I feel like all these pharma companies and um, bioengineering companies have yeah. from people who know what we don't know. No, no, they do. <laughs> they, they definitely do. Because l- let me give an, another example here. Like the US guidelines for healthy eating has shifted to plant-based yeah, eating. It has shifted And these things are not originally healthier. No. Let's say, for example, seed oils. Seed oils pack a whole lot of issues that you will not find from animal fat. But for some reason, we have been encouraged mm. that, you know, seed oils are the best mm. option. I think there's and a lot we don't know, actually. Oh, there's a lot we don't know, yeah. Because you so. know that yeah. seed oils, yeah, most of the seed oils used are generated from petroleum. Oh, sorry, not, not seed oils. Most of the, uh, will I say, industrial, industrial equipment used for processed food, we have a lot of them generated from petroleum, right? So, yeah, I feel like, like we talked about, you know, the Russian Ukraine war. I feel like it's all it's solely about interest. You know, we have, you know, these big pharma companies, big pharma companies. Mentioning big pharma companies, I was explaining to somebody. I feel like I'm deviating completely, but I feel like we'll get back. Yeah, we'll get back. Talking about big pharma companies, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, do you realize that many of the conditions that we have been told are incurable, we can't find a cure, like we are still working on it. They are not actually incurable. It's not like we cannot it's not like we don't have the research. 
You yes, just not profitable. You are destroyed. Exactly. Yes. Like yes, there is yes, no, yes, yes. there is not enough economic incentive. Like the period I realized that thing, my mind was blown. I was like, so people are actually dying. Because some people don't feel they make enough money of starting until until another terminal disease is invented to replace those ones. Nothing happens I, to the old one. Exactly. And, and, I, 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 malaria now. and I was pointing out how so most of this like it is a lot more easier here and it's a lot mm. more profitable for this company to run a subscription to put several people on subscription plans because that's what that's what you get when you have to take medication. Every day or every month, it's a subscription plan. You subscribe to Pfizer or you subscribe to AstraZeneca. It's just not, you know, as blatant as that. So it is much more profitable for them to put you on a subscription than for you to take medication once that is going to cure you. And so for that reason, yeah, the narrative in medicine is being controlled. That oh, we just don't have a cure for this. Oh, we just don't like. You just have to manage it. You just have to manage it, like. There is, is technology, is for example, yeah, there is technology here to develop a vaccine mm. for HIV. Vaccine. The, the same technology we use to develop a vaccine for COVID can be altered to develop a HIV vaccine. But what happens to all the companies that are producing lamivudine, lidovudine, that people have to take every month? What happens to all the... Um, all the NGOs that have been funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that are using money to, do, to provide free, uh, free or subsidized medicine to um, to people. So I feel like, like you mentioned earlier, there's so much we don't know, and there's so much that's happening. I feel like the first step is being aware that these things are happening, and yeah. we can't take things for surface value. This is where I think Big Pharma connects with semiconductors. The yeah. world is pushing towards IoT. It is impossible yeah, yeah. to have Internet of Things without having humans yeah. as... I mean, the whole cycle of IoT is impossible without you hit the nail on the head. Go ahead, so, go ahead, go ahead. the whole idea of subscription... I mean, everything is subscription-based now. I even the heated seats in BMW cars are now subscription based. So <laughs> even if you have printer once months in a year, you have to pay for subscription. So mm-hmm. the idea is even drugs will be administered by subscription. If possible, food will be administered by subscription. And big pharma wants to take over food as well. All of these technologies as reliant on semiconductors. I mean, it's impossible, impossible to have any of these things without semiconductors. China, China knows this. America knows this. None of them will reveal what is being done, but they all want to take the lion's share out of it when it eventually exactly. happens. They are all playing mm-hmm. like this. Yeah, already, the, the war for the future is already happening on the economic level. They are all playing the part. Let me give you exactly. one example of it. Look at how violently yeah, the US detected to go. Like think, let's think about it. Let's take a minute to go back to the Trump era and wonder why was the US so particular about you know we are going to ban that app TikTok, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. So I did a little bit of digging, yeah, and then I found that 
in as much as you know TikTok is a is an app that everybody uses for fun, yeah. There are parts of the terms and agreement, yes, that can use it as a tool of infiltration. In the terms of agreement, yeah, TikTok has sort of the legal right to all the files, to all the names of the files stored on your phone. I'm not talking about the files that the app interacts with. It is mm. the terms and conditions that every, yeah. all the files on your phone are accessible to this particular app. And you know the reason why that's true? Usually, apps do not carry such types of clauses. Yes. And what that means is that in a country that is literally totalitarian, yeah, it means that mm. if push comes to solve, the Chinese government can use data sourced from TikTok yes. or other apps like that to actually track, you know, certain metrics happening either in the US. And you know, the thing is that even with Binance, yeah, that, that crypto platform, they are not allowed to use the same usual one, the same one everybody's using in the US. They have to modify one for the US. These are some yeah. of the reasons. But as Jeffrey mentioned, the IoT is happening live. Like so many companies are playing their role in this IoT thing, and we are ignoring them. Like Facebook just woke up and be like, you know what? We made so much money off of social media. But then right about now, we think the future is no longer social media, right? We think the future is going to be in AI and virtual reality and, you know, uh, virtual um, currency. And people are like, oh, that's fiction now. But I, I took a minute to think about how, like, 80%, not, let me not say 80%, let's say 40% of the voices we hear on social media now are AI generated. Like, yeah. they are not even real people talking. Mm. All, those, all those voices on TikTok where people just type something and it's now normal, yeah? They are AI-generated voices. So somebody who has zero technology is literally already participating. <clears throat> I would say in quotes. I tell people, like, you're already participant of the metaphor. You just can't see it yet. And all of these things, yeah, require this all other different things that we've spoken about. They all they all need to come to to create that particular image of that, that particular dystopian future that we just mentioned. Yeah. But these countries now are currently fighting for the lioness. We like the lioness here, the largest here. And too many of us are just oblivious, just going about our lives. So that's why I said the only true way for Africa to take any position or to, to, to play a, to win out of all of this is to create an economy that is isolated from the world. Because okay. at the end of the day, these guys are only fighting for who takes the lion's share. They already have, they already know where the price is. So Africa will remain enslaved unless we create an economy that can run without these guys. And that's why we suffered during COVID, even if we didn't have as much devastation in terms of, of infection. Because we are too reliant on these countries. So the and, moment, and, the moment on, we are able to create trade policies between African countries to do business, we don't necessarily have to suffer. So the, okay. the, this reminds like, me like of... I said, yeah, I said this reminds me of Gaddafi a lot. Oh, Gaddafi, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, let's be honest, yeah. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of um like a backlash on that man. But I feel like what he was looking to do economically for Libya was way ahead of his time. Or something many other African countries yes, have yes. never thought of are not thinking of. And this thing that you mentioned about, you know, an economy that is excluded from the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of like reminds me of another another podcast thing I was listening to here. And you know, they were, they were talking to this economic analyst and it was like like Poverty, Africa is, is engineered. Like, it is, like, we are mm-hmm. underestimating the amount of propaganda that goes into our everyday life. Now, yes, let's say this, yeah, there is nothing, there is nothing stopping Africa from being self-sufficient food-wise. We have some of the most fertile lands in the whole world. Are you, are you talking about that? We have enough food to feed the entire world. Including China and India. But, exactly. But, I'm referencing now this particular person of listening. Yeah, listening to, and you know, the, the, the guest in there talked about that one of the ways, yeah, the Western world subdues Africa is by not allowing us to be self-reliant and not allowing us to grow our own food. So, we will literally grow food here and we will sell it to them. And we will not eat the food in the form that we sell. But we only want, we only desire it when it's in the protest form, which has been fed to us as the better option, the propaganda. Hmm. So, like, we are not going to, we are going to make our cocoa here, yeah, but, like, it's never going, whatever we are going to be able to make it. Except it's come back, except it's come back as mass. Exactly. We don't appreciate it. And that is the reason what that's one of the one of the reasons why we are having to spend them on the web. And you know, this particular guest kept on talking about that. We think it, we think we don't think it's very, very serious. But best believe that any country, any African country that openly and blatantly decides to start growing their own food yeah, and start itself land will probably go to war. Or we probably be protected, invaded for whatever reason by America. Like that was, no, that America, was America will search for nuclear weapons in that country. Because think about it: if we don't need to buy food from all this, because it's ridiculous. We mine all this raw material, and then we take it somewhere else for us to appreciate. Like it has to have gone through most of this. Process. If you think about protesting. A lot of processes are very unnecessary. Like, there's actually almost no reason for them beyond economic purpose. Like, it doesn't serve you diet-wise. Like, health-wise, it's not good for you. But somebody is a billionaire because of that. So, okay, you know, you know, Timothy, um, just for, just for the purpose of clarity, the reason why Shergun is sounding like this is because Shergun is a pharmacist. So he has, ah, okay. he has information. So, yeah. what I'll say is, on the global scale, on the global level, right, if you mm, check yeah. the forex market, for example, the forex market mm. works practically 2 for 7 It's just that there are hours within the week where things are stored, yeah. which markets are trading yeah. most. We have yeah. the largest um, traders, around 41% of the world's FX traders in, in, um, in, in the UK, institutional traders. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
the highest traded currency is um US dollar and and euro. The highest traded spread is the euro dollar. The only reason why euro hmm. is traded just as much as US dollar, even if US dollar is going to buy market um currency, is because there are so many countries that use this euro. And they have trade policies to keep the euro relevant or valuable amongst themselves. Right. 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 And that is why this singular currency for ECOWAS will not work. Or for for some I don't know. I don't know if you're trying if you're getting the picture I'm trying to paint. Yes, yes, because the moment we have a currency, a singular currency, that makes it easy for me to pay for something. In Ghana, and get yeah. it here without any foreign uh, for, for foreign exchange. And so what you what mentioned right is, now, if we can just get that part right, the rest of it will fall in place. I don't. I don't think the external factors are ever going to allow that to happen. Because now I'm going to bring back that same podcast I was talking about, and the guy was like, "You don't seem to understand what Africa is for." He said, "Every country has them." Yeah, every country is owing money, right? But Africa is owing money in US dollars, right? The US <laughs> has its debt, right? Well, like the US has its debt, right? But that debt is in US dollars. So, like, so the US is never, so, like, the US is never going to pay its debt, right? The US, the US can keep printing whatever. They are never going to have to pay back that money. But all of us are taking more and more loans in US dollar that we have to pay back at the exchange rate of US dollar. Yeah. While so then, all of these activities are tanking the value of our currency, of our currencies across board. Yeah. So there is a statistic. One of the reasons, apart from apart from that that particular one, another reason why the US will oppose any other block or country coming. Is because of the dollar. The day it happens, the US dollar loses its its importance. Now this is why like, yeah, this yeah. Is, there, there are more dollars outside the US than inside the US. Exactly. Yeah, seventy percent actually. And if you know what happens, the day most in fact, the day up to half of African countries draw their currency pair to the US dollar, there will be massive inflation in America. Yeah, so there's a massive, there's a massive inflation in the US. So I'm saying that the day that uh, most countries, especially Africa, let's even talk about Africa, drop their peg in the US dollars, there will be serious economic problem in America. And the reason is because there is more US dollars in Africa than many other parts of the world. And what that means is that US has printed so much money to put in other countries' hands as reserves than it could handle on its own mainland. So the day it happens, there will be so much blood of US dollars and the inflation yeah, will be, will be not I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it will happen. Think it will. But yeah. yeah, I don't think it will happen I, anytime. But, I, uh, I, but I, feel US, like, not, I feel like how the US might get the food might be if you lose the risk for digital currency. I feel, I feel mm. like. But that, that's another angle China is just to beat them at it. By, like, by launching, you know, the digital yuan first, 
right? Mm. And hoping to sell countries on the benefits of you know using the because digital. Because you can yuan. transact with them, of course, if you transact with their digital yuan. And if it well, becomes course, easier, if us easier to deal on that, then you really don't need the US dollar. Then the need for your dollar becomes less. Exactly. That is why China is trying to win that race because they've already lost the paper race. So mm-hmm. I everything they get into because we are really moving into that virtual phase. Me, me in particular, I'm really scared of companies like China and what they can do. How they yes, can uh, do. I'm telling you. Paradigm of what what we see as normal. Yeah, I keep bringing up how like social media is so strange to our parents. Yeah, mm. because because like it is yeah, most of these things are very unnatural. Like the amount of like it's so much has shifted from like we are probably no longer natural humans. No, we are not. You know, the phone, the phone has become quite an extension, and I was just thinking about it. When was it? Yesterday, at an event after church, I noticed that every single person was pressing their phone. I don't know if you've seen this documentary, the social media dilemma, or I've seen a documentary like that. Yeah. Dilemma, something like that. And you just realize that this is it's just an example of what IoT will do. Because we're already seeing documentaries into what the future may be for um, IoT, where you're, you might just have contact lenses on constantly, and that replaces your phone screen. So you can even be talking to somebody. You can be talking to somebody and be watching something else. Or you might be in a room and just be scrolling through Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with this uh, sci-fi series, Black Mirror? I don't know if you Yes, I think I watched two episodes of that Black Mirror. Two or yeah, three, Black I Mirror. think. Every, every, every episode has to bring life. I think so. I think I'm not saying so. I downloaded it. And that thing is scary. I don't want to be alive when when we get to that point. Every episode of Black Mirror, yeah, they take one dystopian futuristic concept and play it out to the extreme. Because you know, a lot of yes. them, a lot of them in the news, you only hear about the potential. Oh, I've seen okay. it on I've seen it on Netflix. Yeah, it should be on Netflix. I'm, I'm so, going to watch it. You should, you should, you 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 actually pick up a lot of things that are happening right now. I think so they're just keep episodes, right? Yeah. Huh? Back to what Jeffrey said. Mm. I tell people, we are already you see whenever you hear metaverse and you're like, Oh and you raise your head and you roll your eyes. I just laugh because you are already living in the metaverse. Do you know how much percentage of your life is already being captured digitally? Yeah, I'm like, real time. In real time, what are you going to change? What is going to change are the devices that we use to access this thing. Yeah, well, okay, mm-hmm. the devices are going to be more immersive. But think about it right now. Like, who is not literally attached to their phone for one purpose or the other? Like, everything in this world right now is probably being made possible to be able to being made in a way that you'll be able to do it. Digitally, like you can only do it digitally. 
I'm going to bring up TikTok again. I was on TikTok here, and people and people had lives where they were preaching on TikTok, and they were getting gifts as offerings. And I'm like, this, these are people that if you sit down, if you sit them down and explain the concept of the metaverse, they will tell you you are speaking science fiction. But they are already using this in their everyday life. Hmm, that's true. That's very, very true. I, I feel like all of these things are indicative of what's the problem with IoT. You know, somebody was talking about how Meta is going to merge the whole AI thing, and probably we are not going to, like, we are not going to have, we think we are probably going to have a new communication media. But what we are going to have right now is all of these AIs that have been trained over the years now becoming a part of our everyday life. Already the AI already play a role in social media algorithm. Yes. And it's only a few people that understand it. Do you know many people still don't understand that what they see on their social media is based off of their interests? So many people are reinforced in their beliefs and their ideas off of social media because that is all they see. So they believe the rest of the world or the rest of the people. The rest of the world are doing the same thing as ignorance. If you, if you observe this a lot, a lot of times people will tell you, ah, don't do all this thing, it's all over social media, don't you see it? But what they don't realize is it's only on their own social media. Why? Some AI somewhere has already made sure they are only seeing things that appeal to them or that appeal to a particular ideology. So I feel like the future is really going to be us having to outdo all of this technology that we are building. Because, I mean, look at what, what is even scary. Like, Drone technology, what drone technology can do today is talk of Terminator movies, is talk of apocalyptic movies. Like, whoever thought that you can have a flying machine that is small, that can fit into a backpack, and that can literally hunt and find people and kill them, and you can control it to the other side of the world. Yes. And that's what and America, that's what Trump used to assassinate this guy now. The, um, was it not this? Are you talking about the Iranian? Yeah, uh, yeah. The Iranian? Exactly. Like, that context is very, very scary. We are, like, a lot of people have glossed over it. But do you know what this means? Imagine if, like, imagine if the larger percentage of this operation now is controlled by an AI. Imagine if it's an AI that determines if it is worth engaging or not engaging. Imagine when they remove the human element from that. Like, it's, it's, Crazy what's happening in the world because this is that we are seeing as one of these because yeah. of Like already these drones, like children, children in Afghanistan and Syria, they have a different understanding of drones. They have a they have a completely different understanding of what drones are. Drones drones, are yeah. They are dead machines. To the rest of the world, right? You know, picture and you know, shoot some nice area photographs. But for some people, they are sort of nightmares. They are things that when they hear the typical buzzing sound of drones, they already know that some, somebody or some people is going to die. And this thing is being controlled from the other end of the world. So yeah. what 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 stops all of this here from just progressing? Like there's nothing stopping it, right? Like I think this was earlier this month, yeah. Tesla re- released um a prototype for the Tesla bot. It's something a commercial, yeah, a commercial, a commercial robot that you want to want to release to the public soon. 
Yeah. But right now, the new flag is not a common place. Even in countries yeah. without stable electricity. <laughs> Even in countries, do you understand? That's why I keep saying that this thing, when they start getting implemented here, the everyday person will not realize that these are those things that were because of perfect. It's going to be so hyped here, and people are just going to jump in. I talked about this with uh, crypto too here. Yeah? I said that I was afraid somebody, I feel like I just went completely gone on the tangent. But I need that reason for um, for a discussion, yeah. Talk about crypto too. I was like, you know, a lot of people when you, tell, when you ask them about crypto, they're like, oh, it's complex. I don't understand the rules. But the point <laughs> is, mega corporations will simplify it and make it trendy for you to use, and then I make it bulk. Yeah, and then charge you a fee to use it, and then you would gladly use it. You would gladly spend your money. You know, to use this technology. And the person was like, oh, what do you mean? I said, okay, let me give an example. I went back to here. I said, majority of what we talk about, you know, in crypto, crypto is basically a digital currency. It is something that doesn't exist in, in the physical world, but it has economic value. That's basically, that's basically what most of them are. That's, that's the basic utility most people of have. Right, many of them are built up on layer of utility on top of that. But basically, it's a digital asset that doesn't exist IRL, so it has some economic value attached to it. A significant group of people have agreed that it has monetary value. Now, it seems perfect here, but I'm going back to the talk because I recently got to talk up and I was shocked as as the amount of like most recent technology that is in that app that is not present in all other social media. Yeah. So, I found they have like this thing called coins, where you can give people, right? So, if you are watching a live show, you like the person, you can give them a virtual, you can give them some coins, and you can give them uh, those, like, some upgraded. You purchase that coin with um, regular yeah. currency. Yes, you purchase those coins with money. Yes. <laughs> they won't give you a bonus, they give you 65 free coins on your first purchase. So, and then I literally be scrolling on TikTok and I said people are actually using this thing. People are like you see people are gifting people one thousand coins, people are gifting people uh a virtual car, a virtual house, like it's, it's all fun and games, yeah. But I feel like people do not realize that you decide that yeah, you are not going to you are not you are not going to buy Bitcoin or Ethereum because you don't want anybody to carry your money with it. But TikTok is it's not even giving anything back. And you're using this same technological concept yeah, because it's entertaining you. So how long more before other platforms incorporate this you know, digital currency and, and, just adjust and the internet of things? And the whole, the large percentage of the world will probably just accept it and just use it as part of their life. And wonder, like, wonder how, like, where all of these things are coming from, like, oh, this thing doesn't happen overnight. Oh my God, we are suddenly, we are suddenly working in a virtual office now. Oh, I have to wear a headset to go to work now. I've not left my house in two months. I don't even know what online looks like. Oh, this thing happened overnight. Like, we are being groomed. What I think about sometimes is, is with the way we are dispersing out of Africa to the rest of the world, Europe, right. um, UK, 
US, Canada. As we disperse like this, I, I wonder what would be the fate of all of these people if the war actually escalates to the point where it becomes a global war. Well, uh, what to say? If it does escalate that point, I have actually thought about that before. Of which we already know that countries will prioritize their We've seen that in Ukraine. In Ukraine already. We, we, we had a lot of Nigerians in Ukraine. We had a, so, so a, lot of, a lot of that. You know, a lot of people who imagine that racism has disappeared. Because for politically, politically correct reasons, people are no longer oh, openly oh. racist. Right? So, I feel like that, that, that is what I really do. What happened is the fact that if such a situation was to happen where it's going to a global war, uh, it's going to be so because countries are going to prioritize them. And, and we don't have we don't have Nigerian airlines that are allowed to fly into the spaces of these countries. We don't. And they, they purposely make it so so that they can control the price. That is why you you would pay more for for flight time from Nigeria to to um, to to UK to, to that's to to Heathrow Airport in London, even yeah. if should be more expensive from the US to London. Yeah. So these guys have strategically kept us out of their system in terms of um, air travels so that they can so control in terms of many things. So what what would then be the fate if there becomes an opera there and we need to get our own people out? No, we're on our own. We're on our own. There's no the same way we didn't. We didn't have a response plan to get people out of Ukraine. That's the type of thing we are up to. If it will happen, something like that to happen in those major countries, we're we're really on our own. You know, like there's this um generally among the opinions, like we say, the premise or the reason, the reason to make money is freedom, right? A lot of them say, oh, the reason why you need to make money is freedom. A lot of people do not understand what that freedom means. Yeah, it's not freedom because you want to buy a lamp or because you want to buy like. Of it's course. not freedom because of plastic. It is freedom from the system. Only the very, very rich people here are genuinely free from this limit. This limitation has been built into the system that we consider, you know, the world, human, the human, the human race, right? And yeah. I want to, I want to give an example here. During COVID, all flights were grounded here, literally. But I know people who feel private. Yeah, people were flying, of course. People were flying private. So what if it was like a zombie apocalypse? What if it was something that was contagious and people were fighting so that time? Like there are some people that would literally just go. Go to one island and go and chill. Right. That, see, that, the ability to do that, go to one island and literally probably be living off of the island, like going back to agricultural practices. But the freedom to do that is the reason why, is the reason why entrepreneurs pursue money and it's those that actually understand the deep concept. Yeah. Because the bigger ones, the bigger entrepreneurs, they are really looking to take over the world. Because I really do not understand why Bill Gates who is pro pro plant based food, pro um genetically modified food is the largest pro owner vaccine. of farmland. Pro vaccine is the largest owner of farmland in the US. 
Like, if you clearly know that his ideology has, he doesn't believe in farms, but he's buying up farmland. So you that believe in farms are not just about control. It's so much about control, and the level of control right now in this world is so alarming. Like, it's so alarming. I feel like the final element of social media, the moment social media was dropped right now, yeah, like, like you need to make a conscious decision not to be controlled. Amazing. It's still on. What? It's still still on. I think I can't see more. No, 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 no. I I think he was trying to connect, but couldn't. In oh, fact, okay. because I actually didn't see the conversation um going in this direction. But right. it appears that in the midst of our conversations, we've been able to come to the conclusion that in all of these wars and battles for who takes preeminence over the world's resources and who takes charge of it. I mean the whole 5G and um semiconductor yeah. battle is yeah. so that whoever stays on top would be in charge of IoT and whoever stays yeah. in charge of IoT benefits the most economically from the future of this world. So I, I, I think anybody who is who has been patient enough to listen to this podcast from beginning to the end should be able to get all of these things from all our rambling and right back and forth back and forth yeah but i i totally agree that we are already we are already we i believe we are the dawn of iot the the things are going to be possible iot we are going to track resources i feel like understanding how deep iot goes would help anybody who probably doesn't understand why all of these things are happening. It would really help them understand who oh, this is what's happening. This is the new, like, this is the new currency. This is, this is, this this is a new frontier. This new frontier. These are the new materials that are now rare. Lithium is now more important than silver. Imagine what happened with semiconductors when car prices just started going up because of scarcity. Yeah. Just yeah, because, because I mean. Made- for LCD screens on in cars, and exactly. It's not, it's, not just, it's not just electric cars. Like most of the chips in cars, even cars, the gas-powered cars, cars are that now. Yeah, exactly. Even the gas-powered cars require so much electrical components that you know they have these semiconductors. There's a problem. So right about now, all of this, all of these factors are coming together here, and it will largely shape how the future will look. I feel like for the sake of um, for the sake of technological advancement, we might not see a world war soon. But I believe if any of the powers involved here seem to be they appear like they are going to lose out for this new frontier. I feel like that might be the tipping point. And of course, like we talked about the players in this game, Russia, US. China. China. I think there are other players, but I feel like those, those are like major regional players. Yeah. Honestly, we just have to see what high of food because I feel like right now, people are no longer talking about the Russia Ukraine war as much. Yeah. But it's something that is still going on and will probably still escalate further. Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, I feel like China might not invade yet because 
like I said, for the sake of technological advancement, really, the, one of the reasons why we have peace is so that everybody can grow, right? If U.S. or China goes to war, they affect you know, their economic ties. Right now, they are they are having an economic war, right? But they are still they are they are own customers, right? They still need to trade on a daily basis. They still need to transact on a daily basis. All of it will end if there's official war. And yeah. the ripple effect, the ripple effect is going to be felt all around the world. So I feel like for that reason, there might be some stalling, but it still doesn't mean that these things are, are on the horizon. And I feel like as Africans, I feel like as individuals, it's important for us to be aware of these things. Yeah. Quite a lot of people say, "Oh, what can you do about it?" Well, you might not be able to do much about it on the grand scale, but how about tuning out of you know? Tuning out of the propaganda machine, a lot of people are talking propaganda machine. And then how about like really thinking about self-sufficiency? Self-sufficiency is as it was on the yeah, on the micro on the, on the micro scale. I feel like if a larger percentage of us are really like have that, uh, like have that that yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a good start because. The world we are in right now is strongly trying to prevent anybody from being self-sufficient. Why? It is largely against our fundamental nature. Like humans are resourceful. We take care of ourselves. But suddenly, we are in a world whereby we are told, no, don't worry. We will take care of you. Don't bother taking care of yourself. Don't worry about anything. It's not against these things that we created to start with. And stay <laughs> Pay us to do all of this and we'll just take care of it. I feel like that's where we are at. So I feel like we need to focus on how much of this is happening in our daily life. I think I'm my contribution. I feel like we're going to have to do something like this again. I mean, this is the first yeah. time. I put that to go way beyond um, one hour, and right. I, this will probably have to be what what they call this marathon. What I'm forgetting how they call them now. But if it was on Twitter, we'll call it a thread. Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, we will do this again sometime soon. Thanks, thanks a lot, Shaban and team for for this. That's all for this episode of Rick Hive Podcast. If you like us, to give us a rating. Also, you can subscribe on Google and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website on www.brickhive.com.